I believe I said it first at the beginning of the year. Clay Helton for president. Let's kick it off right now. No, no, I don't know. You said cock a doodle doo, Bob. Oh, yeah. Direct from Rivals in Yahoo Sports. This, this is the Trojansports.com podcast. For a USC with Trojan Sports Publisher, Chris P. Swanson. Moving on. You, love 30, you better cut that out, man. I swear. That better, I better not hear that on the podcast. You mean right? about the him doing that? Yeah, we broke down. The, the, okay. Beat reporter, Adam J. Maya. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Sports. We start Marvin yeah. And yes. And yes. Your host, our very own Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. Reading whatever is on the prompter. Defense is Sua Adori Chalk by the end of the not, year, not by the way. Chalk. <laughs> I don't know why. I said, I'll, I'll just read whatever it says, baby. I know. Ron. Chris Morales. It's a touchdown. It's the weekly radio show you need for everything USC. Is that your first joke? That's really a good one. Follow Trojansports.com on Twitter at USC underscore rivals. The Trojansports.com podcast kicks off now. Is your host from the Yahoo Sports headquarters in Playa Vista, Chris Morales. Play action for Ware, winding up and throwing for Juju, and he makes a nice adjustment and catches it, and into the end zone he goes. Juju Smith-Schuster with his third touchdown catch of the day, the fifth touchdown pass thrown by the freshman Sam Darnold, and the Trojans are on the board again, leading 40-7. to Trojans take a knee. Clock running under 10 seconds now, and the SC will win the ball game 48-14. As the man says, welcome into the Trojansports.com podcast Sunday, October 16th, 2016. Off a huge win that Chris Swanson almost predicted exactly the right score. Happy Sunday, everyone. Chris P. Swanson, the publisher of Trojan Sports. I am Chris Morales, Adam J. Maya, beat reporter and editor for Trojan Sports. Well, Chris, I start with you. You predicted 52-10, and I believe you were, you were almost right. You were almost right. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you for tooting my horn. Uh, sometimes it's better when someone toots your horn for yeah, you. Yeah, so I always so like to toot, uh, toot your horn when I can. Adam Maya. You weren't even genuine with that prediction. Are you going to tell them that? Or no, he wasn't. He just, the, he just threw it out there. Just like throwing yeah. salami against you the wall. You didn't think that they would win by 42? I thought they were going to win big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost. Uh, Chris always is ready to walk it back just in case. Because he'll give you the, yeah. remember, I did say they could lose. But it didn't look like there was any chance of that happening out of dude, the gate dude, on Saturday. It's USC. I mean, they, they're they a three-loss team. They could lose to anyway. You know what I mean? Like, we, I've seen anything. Yeah, but right? now, they, losing that game. now they have won no, three I mean, in a row. So officially it's a streak. Last week Adam said it had to be at least three. Yeah. So the threesome is in. Three straight wins over Pac-12 teams, and we like that. Uh, 48-14 was the final Saturday in Tucson. Adam, were you there? I was there. Oh, you, you did. Did you and Michael Lev uh, break bread and have the whole mishpuk over? Yeah, a little uh, Yom Kippur, you know, belated soiree. <laughs> did you blow the show forward? I think that's a different holiday. Anyway, uh, so we're going to break down the game. Uh, just amazing <laughs> effort by Darnold, by Juju. Adori got in there. The running game opened up at the end. Akacedric Ware, Dominic Davis blowing it apart. Now, there's no doubt this Wildcat team, as Matt Moreno told us on our preview show, was not good. It's been battered and beaten by injury. So... The Trojans should have done this, but we've seen games where they should have done a lot of things. So it's still good to feel good about this, right, Adamaya? Yeah, it was good to see that they can do a lot of things. They can beat you in different ways. Um, 
there were you know the stars were there. You already threw out a couple names, but when I think about the defense, everybody was good. You know, generally good. Um, and they and they played more people and they got more people involved, and so I think that's encouraging. That I, I know that Sam Darnold's going to play well. I know that Juju will play well, but the defense they all played well, right? I mean, the funny thing was Chris Hawkins led the team with five tackles, and and that was the leader five. And beyond that, there was like. 15 people that had multiple tackles uh, that were less than five. But it kind of went to show that um, they're better than we thought they were early in the year. I think that that clouded our judgment just because of that schedule and where they were at and they weren't ready. And so now I see the way that they're playing where they're not so dependent on just a couple people but really can can beat you um, with their defense. The defense has been good now for for several weeks. And they took they had four takeaways in this game. That's a rare thing for USC right now. Um, I think that's an important thing too. I think that that is a skill or a learned habit that they haven't had for a while. They didn't have that under Wilcox. Wilcox is more of a bang but don't break. And so if they can hone in on that, that's how you beat good teams when you create turnovers. The only way that you could beat a Washington would be to create a couple turnovers and, of course, protect the ball, which Sam Darnold did. I think he's learning. And uh, I, I like the way that, you know, I, I think there was only maybe one throw where that, went, you know, it could have been picked off. But he kind of already scaled back from having maybe a few a game. And then I think he also was running the ball better and, you know, just – putting two arms in the ball and, and not as reckless. And so even those things matter um, in, a, in a blowout, in a game that wasn't competitive. I'm looking at some of the finer details that were a bit sloppy in the Colorado game, in the ASU game, and obviously were to their detriment in the Utah game. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to like in this game, Adam. I'm totally with you. I'm glad you went to defense first because I think the defense really shined in this game. Oh, somebody's laundry is ready. So, yeah, uh, my, my, I forgot it was on. My apologies. No um, uh, <laughs> the defense shined, and it, it was it was the reason I feel like the USC really dominated uh, this game is the takeaways that they had and and how they shut down um, you know a young quarterback, but still kind of a dangerous offense. I think in Arizona. Um, Offensively, I thought USC did very well, too. Um, I just saw more issues that I think could be a problem down the line, but there's no complaints from me about this game uh, as a critic of USC, you know, as a way I guess that's judging them. You know, this was a textbook blowout, a team that they probably should have blown out, but they did it, and they went on the road and did it, which I thought was a really big deal. They won the turnover battle big time, which uh, we talked about being a concern the last few weeks. Definitely not consider this week. It was every. It felt like everything they needed to clean up on uh, defensively was cleaned up on, um, and offensively they just they did what they had to do. Um, if you want me to go into some of the issues I did see though offensively, I'll gladly touch on yeah. them here. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, people love that. 
Okay, well, I know you're being sarcastic. No, 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 no. go, go, go. I mean, oh, you're going to point out Max Brown didn't play. That's okay. So next, no, next. There's he just did a play. He, yeah, he played at the end. He looked better I, than Gunner, I was already by asleep the by then. I just apologize. No, yeah, that. he came in and he looked way better than Gunner. But I missed that. I apologize. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Okay, well, the run the run game I felt like had a really high uh, average yards per carry in this game, which was much better than we've seen from them earlier this season. Um, but I felt like it probably should have been better, especially with an 85-yard run from Dominic Davis. If you take that, that run out of it, um, their average yards per carry drops from over seven to around five and a half, I believe, which is still a good day running the ball. They had a good day despite losing Justin Davis. Um, I just thought it should have been more. And uh, Sam Darnold, who I thought had an incredible day throwing too. Um, I just think if you look at his completion percentage, you see that he he missed some deep balls, which is a good thing that he's taking those shots um, because I think that that shows the USC's offense is being more aggressive and going downfield. But I think that he'll have his perfect day when he hits those passes and then st- instead of a 20 for 32, which kind of looks low uh, for USC's offense. And, and maybe I'm comparing him to some quarterbacks recently that wouldn't go downfield as much, but you know, that those numbers will be closer together. He'll have a higher percentage and, and much more yards than 235. So that's really, I think that their offense still, you know, can improve in some areas, even though they did put up so many points and really blow away Arizona. Um, but the defense I thought was what impressed me um, in a matchup that I think that, they should have impressed in, you know, they're a nickel defense basically playing, you know, a team that, that kind of fits into that. But I thought that they showed that um, when they're playing a Pac-12 team that plays, you know, kind of spread out, which most of them do, USC might have a very good defense uh, for this conference. And, and I didn't expect that earlier this year. All right. Well, I think both the the issues that you brought up on the offense are very fair. I think they're valid, too, because Rojo was the league back. And so he did the bulk of the work over the first two, maybe three quarters. And I, I kind of stopped watching after halftime myself. But, I mean, I'm joking, but I'm not. So Rojo looked okay. Or at least USC, I should, I want to put it so much on him. USC looked okay when he was running the ball. Uh, it, there's still something not clicking with him that that they had last year, you know, a magic that they had with him that they have yet to recapture. And so his final line, 16 carries, 77 yards. I'm glad he got those carries. He needs them. I think you can only benefit from more reps. But even in that, he he wasn't able to find the running lanes that, that Ware could get. And I like Ware. I've always liked Ware. I'm glad he's getting his opportunity. He's not Rojo. Rojo is at another level and just hasn't been there for a while. And I think that could be a concern, especially if Justin is going to miss more time. Um, We don't have any update on that. But, you know, Justin might miss that Cal game. I wouldn't be surprised. He didn't even go to practice the entire week. So... My my guess right now, I mean, we're we're more than a, we're about a week and a half from that Cal game. They play on a Thursday after the bye week, so it's less than two weeks away. My guess is that Justin won't play, and I, that's just me telling you what, what I you know what I figure to happen. Maybe he will, and and if he does, maybe he's limited. So they're going to need Rojo in that game, and I think they need Rojo in general. 
I, I feel like he's a you know a great player or a potentially great player that needs to be involved and needs to be contributing. I think he adds another dimension to the offense. He is the most explosive player in the offense, especially because they don't use the door at all. And so that's why the running game might have felt a little average at times. It really did kind of blow up in the, the later third and then fourth quarter when when the game was totally decided. But they did not build that 34-7 lead on the running game. Even though I know the final numbers, they ran for 320 yards, and that's great. And I'm glad that they were able to kind of put the nail in the coffin, if you will, or whatever, but uh, or step on Arizona's throat, whatever analogy you like. But um, when they're in a, in a competitive game, you that's when you want to run. And that's where we saw Justin Davis really uh, – you know, be at his best in the second half of last year when they were in one competitive game after another and they were trying to come back. And they really leaned on the running game to do it. And Justin shined. And so, can they do that this year? We don't know yet. You know, they, they couldn't do that against Stanford. They couldn't run at all. Um, well, they, they did run, but they, they weren't able to run uh, consistently and, you know, for an entire drive. They weren't able to turn, uh, convert it into points. And then Utah, they had similar issues in the second half on offense. And those are the games that I think matter. Right now, everyone's on a high with how they played Arizona. And I get it. And I thought they looked really good. But it's really hard to know how much that would apply to a Washington or, or even maybe to a UCLA who has a good defense. Notre Dame has a good defense. Go for the games that we're, we're, we're trying to to look at this offense and, and critically analyze, you know, how effective will they be when they play a more physical team? Because they were able to overpower Arizona. They were able to overpower ASU. And that's how the scores got out of hand. They're not going to be able to just walk all over some of the teams that they're playing in November. So... Uh, the the running game still is, I think, an issue that they're that they're working on and that they're improving in, but I don't think that it's solved. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And what was the other thing that you brought up? Oh, the Donald with the deep passes and needing to to have. A oh yeah, I got my head taking off when I mentioned that on Twitter. Um, <laughs> physically, I think Donald does most everything, not everything, but most everything better than Brown. That was really his advantage or his advantages over Brown that came to light in practice that we were able to see. That That's where it was very clear that Darnold could be a better quarterback because of how much physical talent he had. But the one area that I thought he was behind Brown in was that deep ball. And I've noted it several times. And we saw that, especially in the first quarter versus Arizona, where didn't quite have the same timing and wasn't the placement wasn't there. You know, it just wasn't totally accurate. And so once he goes past about 20, 25 yards, 
he's not as good as uh, as he is, you know, shorter. But um, and that's where I thought Brown was good, and and I thought that would be a staple of the offense if Brown were the quarterback. And you know, we didn't really see that come to light. So that's just something I think to monitor and to keep keeping your back pocket. Um, it didn't matter at all in this game. You know, it mattered, I guess, in the first quarter, but ultimately it didn't matter. It was irrelevant, but uh, it might matter. It, it could it could be something that, um, you know, that will determine a, a tight game later in the year. I don't know. There's one more thing I want to comment on before I can stop, you know, saying anything bad about this game because obviously USC looked great. They looked great. It's one of their better performances this season. I want to emphasize that. We both think they look great. But you mentioned how they stepped on Arizona's throat. Um, I want to ask you about that a little bit further because it seems to me like there's some – that's a trait that USC hasn't really shown this season. We've talked about it before. There are games to me where it feels like you're not – gonna lose and you might run up the score you know maybe even without having to step on someone's throat i guess you know the 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 end of the game came before halftime when it happened but i'm not sure it was usc so i just want to bring that up too because while you know i was impressed that yes the game was over at halftime i felt like arizona kind of did it to themselves uh i'm not sure if that's entirely fair because obviously you know usc created those turnovers too or whatever, but I felt like it wasn't a good game to really get a measure on how good they are at actually ending games because to me it seemed like Arizona just turned the ball over, turned the ball over, and they couldn't be in that game anymore the way it yeah. was happening. Well, when you're, when you're up 34-7 at halftime, that's never a game that I think you look at to judge how does the team finish. The game has already been finished. So... That's not really what I meant. What I liked about the second half is that the defense never let up. Um, I felt like their effort the entire year has been really good, and their execution has often been good, and they've kind of been burned by their offense, especially early in the year. But now that they are putting points on the board and maintaining possession in this game, they had the ball for uh, 10 minutes more than Arizona, which – it has not been the case before, even in you know when they played well, even versus ASU, and so with the defense not on the field all the time, you can see them at their best. I just like the way that they finished and that they that they just played the entire game, and then offensively they ran for two hundred yards in the second half, and. I think that's nice because they already had won the game. They didn't need to throw the ball. I get that they could, you know, they, they weren't looking to score 60 points. It wasn't that kind of game. Um, maybe maybe they're not there yet. Maybe they couldn't have. They, they weren't capable of pulling it off. I don't know that they were trying to. I, I'm not saying that they weren't trying to. But running the running game has been an issue. We just spent, you know, several minutes talking about it. And so because they ran the ball so well in the second half doesn't mean that I believe they have a very good running game. I just like that they did it. It would be concerning to me if they couldn't run the ball in the second half when they're trying to run the clock out. They were able to run the clock out. They ran for 200 yards. 
I'm with you. You're you're with me where? I'm with I just I just wanted to know if you really felt you know, if you just my point about, you know, did you feel like you felt more confident about them ending games now? I guess you do, right? Like that's fair to say. Oh, ending games? No. I mean no, I look at Utah and Colorado. Those were the those were the games that you judge like how do you how do they end a game? Because they were they were the the game hadn't been decided. So this game doesn't it's irrelevant to that. I think this is more about their overall character. Like, okay. Like, I get I get you. I yeah, get like do we how serious do we take what we're doing? And I thought they took the whole game seriously. It, yeah. They hadn't even won on the road in almost a year. Yeah. You you realize that? Yeah. No, it was early November of last year versus Colorado that they had won away from the Coliseum. So that was a concern that they were playing away from the Coliseum and are, how mentally strong are they and how ready are they? they? They look prepared through and through. And they came out in the second half and they didn't mail it in. They weren't incredible. They just I, I like the fact that they played the whole game. Me too. Chris yeah. likes it. Chris likes it. I like it. It, it, could, it could, maybe it, maybe it's a small thing. He's folding laundry right I, now. Give him a, a, give, him, I, give him a break. I thought <laughs> I thought that you know what you were saying since you did make it a bigger deal went to a bigger deal even an even bigger point I guess so I took it too far I took your point too far I apologize for that I like your point though. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of the I call, mean, go ahead. Arizona was a bad team at least they were at this point. ASU was different. I think USC made them look like the worst team in the country in in that game. And and all credit to USC for doing that because ASU's not a bad team. They're not a good team. They're they're somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. They're, they're probably going to win seven games. They're, they're somewhere in the middle. This Arizona team is a bad team, especially right now. They're depleted, and it looks like they're coming apart. They're not even the team that they're not the team that played Washington three weeks ago and took them to overtime. They weren't that team. So USC should blow them out based on on that, and they did. But I think the way that we look at Clay Helton's team, Clay Helton's USC, was we were skeptical that are you even going to blow out a team that isn't good? And Utah State doesn't even matter. They're, they're not in the Pac-12. They're irrelevant. But Arizona's in your division. They won the division a couple of years ago. They, they have a good head coach. So while they're bad right now, you wonder, can, you, can they blow them out? And they did. And so they did what they were supposed to do. I think that's a good, that's a, a good sign. That's progress. There's progress. Yeah. They, they weren't doing that before. No, because they should have hung with Stanford. They should have been more competitive with Alabama. That would have been what they were supposed to do. In those they probably games. should have blown out Colorado. Yeah, no, and they should have. I, I think I have a good, I have a high opinion of Colorado. I think Colorado actually is a lot better than Arizona, and they're better than ASU. Clearly, oh, yeah. they just oh, blew yeah. them out. And USC couldn't blow them out, couldn't, and you know, just had a hard time putting them away. So they didn't play as well against obviously a better opponent 
but I think, you know, they they underachieved in that game. Where in this game, USC, not, not that they overachieved, no, but they played at the level that they're capable of. I agree, but it's a big yeah. deal. It's a big deal. Speaking yeah, of the Colise- a big deal for them. Speaking of the Coliseum, the Trojans, like we've talked about, will be back there October 27th after the break on a Thursday up against Cal, those Cal Bears. Chris Swanson will be ready in his Halloween costume. What are you dressing as this year? <laughs> oh, are you going gosh. as a student teacher again, or uh, what are you? What are you? <laughs> Milkman, yeah, well, Candyman. No, no, I've already told you, White Van Man. White Van Man. There you go. I just drive around in a white van with unwrapped candy. Yeah, but that's not even that's not a Halloween thing. That's for you. That you do that in like, June. That's a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> I can't believe you guys are just you know narrowing it down to one month or one day of the week because right. uh, I, I work from home. I have plenty of time to pass out candy with uh, special items in them. So. Morales. Yes. I'm not going to ask you about Halloween. I, I want to ask you oh. what your impressions were. I, know I was really excited. I feel like for once game. I was more positive than – no, I feel like for once I'm more positive. And it's not hard being more positive than Chris Swanson, but I'm more positive about this whole thing. For once it felt like – and again, I think I said this, that sort of felt last week, like it was looking like the old, the Pete Carroll era. But this one really felt like it. And, and to your point, Adam, the fact that we were able to pull off some of those runs in the second half and we stayed in it, we stayed competitive, we stayed keeping that foot on the gas, not all the way, but much better than ever before, I was really excited. And when you look at the great site, Winsipedia, I don't know if you guys go to that much, but if you look at the matchup between Arizona and the Trojans, they have a bar graph that tracks it from the beginning of time. And our bar graph on a win hasn't been this high against Arizona since what years? 2003-2004. And of course, there's those mm. horrific 2009-2012 losses. But So I just feel very excited. Sam Darnold looked amazing compared to what we've seen in the past or the last few weeks where it didn't it looked better than Max Brown, but it didn't have that spark, that explosion. And even though Arizona's bad, not bad, that doesn't matter because we've screwed up even when we're playing teams that shouldn't beat us anyway, and we haven't put that foot on the throat, and we haven't had that explosiveness, especially on defense where it causes turnovers and we actually do something with those turnovers. So I was excited. I was excited. I feel good. Now that could all change on Thursday, October 27th against Cal, but I, I hope it doesn't. Cal's not looking that great. They've got a matchup with Oregon coming up. They just lost to Oregon State. So I think we'll I think we should be okay. But I felt very good as a Trojan fan. I yeah. Have, go ahead. I have a question for Chris Morales too, because I think that we've talked about this on this show and it's kind of unfolded this way too, where it seems like we now all of a sudden feel like USC has a great chance of beating Cal, Oregon, UCLA is a mess and they have a chance there. And Notre Dame's looking pretty bad this year too. But there's that at Washington, the fifth ranked team. Chris Morales. Yes. Do you feel like USC could in your mind somehow beat Washington as well? Uh, if they keep playing like they're playing, I think that's going to be a bit of a tough putt. I mean, they would have to really ramp it up and Washington might might putter out a little bit, but I mean, they're really good. Washington's really good. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not so far in that I'm going to say, oh yeah, we're going to be Washington. Can we stay competitive against Washington? Yes. But up uh, at Husky Stadium, eh, with how they're playing, I don't know if we can win that game just yet. But again, the next two weeks are big matchups to kind of ramp ourselves there. Um, can we beat UCLA the way UCLA is playing? I mean, they looked abysmal last night against Washington State. Yeah, we should be able to beat UCLA. Um, but Washington is a really tough team right now. And they're the 
playing the uh, playing the Trojans is going to be big for them too. They are going to want to squash us and put it in our face. And I just I don't know if we're quite there yet, but we'll see. You know, they've got coming up uh, Oregon State, which they'll destroy. They've got Utah. They should destroy them. They should destroy Cal. So that USC matchup was really of the next. Uh, let's see, five games for them or six games. USC is the only team that really could be a, a matchup for them. Uh, maybe Arizona State, but probably not. I mean, they've got Oregon yeah. State, Utah, Cal, USC, Arizona State, Washington State. I mean, <laughs> they should just yeah. run over those teams. So the USC game is going to be big for them. Um, so, you know, especially at home, November 12th. I think we got some work to do before then. We got to sharpen some of those negatives you've talked about, but that doesn't mean we can't do it, especially against Cal and Oregon. So, I know people are going to be like, "Oh my God, how can you say that?" But Washington's really, really good this year. Well, what I like about this conversation is that it's early. Three weeks ago, go back and play our podcast, and we didn't think we could beat Arizona when they were one in three. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that Chris said that they might go 1-11. He won't admit to it on air, but <laughs> he did tell me that, that they, they might go 1-11. And I thought that was preposterous. However, I thought they were going 5-7. and seven. I didn't think they were getting a 500 with the way that they were playing. So there's still a few weeks before that Washington game, and I think USC does need to improve if they're going to – beat a Washington, but they have three weeks to do it. Yeah, and a good one. They've been improving. A good one. They, they, they have been improving um, each week. Go ahead. That Oregon game is going to be a good witness test because, I mean, they Washington put up 70 points against Oregon. So I'd like to see what we do against Oregon. Obviously, hopefully a win. I think we can win that game. I don't know if we'll put up 70, but if we could have a game against Oregon like uh, Saturday's game, that would be very positive and show me a lot leading into that Washington game. Yeah, I'm I'm really buying the offense, even though I I'm not always buying a running game. I buy the offense as a whole. I don't know if you guys have caught these quotes. First Sam Darnold said it and then Juju said it. He said well, Darnold said that no one can stop us so long as we don't turn the ball over. Which can maybe sound like an excuse, but he was being more matter of fact. And and Juju said we can win out if we don't turn the ball over. And while that's a quite a declaration there, just if you if you take that to just the, the part about the turnovers, it's been kind of true in the last four games, which are three and one obviously. But um, any game that you look at out of those four at, at any time, really the only time where they didn't score has been, uh, you know, not just one drive. Of course, they have punted. But if you look at they, they haven't had, like, even an entire quarter where they've been shut down. They've just turned the ball over, which wasn't a problem versus Arizona, but it was an issue in the previous games. And I know what Chris... Swanson thinks about all this. He thinks the defenses haven't been that good, Utah included. I disagree. And and we're going to find out with Washington. I don't know how much we'll find out about that with Cal and with Oregon, but with Washington, we know that they have a great defense. And 
Now, maybe USC reverts to turning the ball over. I don't know what's going to happen there. But we have yet to see this offense stopped with Darnold at quarterback unless they turn the ball over. What do you guys think about that? Well, well, look, I'm not as concerned. I think their quotes are right on. I'm not as worried about Washington not being able to stop us or stopping us. Their defense, they do have a great defense. I think that their defense isn't our worry. It's our defense. If we put up 40, but they put up 70, that it still doesn't work. The math doesn't work. So right. that's what I would be worried about is their offense has shown continuously throughout this season. I mean, when you look at their games... Uh, Rutgers 48-13, Idaho 59-14, Portland State 41-3. And yeah, those are cupcakes, but you know, they put up massive points. Arizona 35-28, that was before Arizona was really beaten down. Stanford 44-6, Oregon 70-21, and then they've got Oregon State up next at Utah, uh, at Cal, and then USC. So, my thing is that you know, I'm not worried about us scoring not being able to score, I'm worried about us stopping them from scoring these uh, over-the-top numbers that I don't know if we can compete with them. Mr. Swanson. Yeah, well, I, I just have a couple things to say since Adam, you know, quoted me a few times. <laughs> um, it's not that I don't think the defenses they've been playing haven't been good. A couple of them haven't been good. Um, <laughs> football's a matchup. Contradiction number one. Go ahead. No, but a couple of them haven't been, but I haven't said they all haven't been. I think Colorado has a good defense, but it's a matchup thing. I'm worried about USC against a good front seven because, as I've been alluding to with the issues in the run game, um, I'm, I'm concerned that their offensive line might not be getting the job done in that part. Uh, I know the quarterbacks were different, but they were blown out when they played two teams in Alabama and Stanford that could challenge them up front. Utah, who I think has a good front seven, but not as good as Alabama and Stanford's, also held the offense to 20 points. I know that they moved the ball and look better, but I just wonder about that offense if they do play Washington or UCLA or Notre Dame, who I also feel like have you know better front sevens than Colorado, Arizona State. But anyway, aside from all of that, because that doesn't even really matter, I brought up this question to Chris Morales because I'm looking at USC's schedule and it's making me think back a little bit to that, that one Lane Kiffin season that went really well at 10-2, and two, where early it seemed like USC was really not a good team at all, and Arizona State blew them out. And, uh, but they just kind of turned things around, kept winning. You know, Some games were close, some games weren't great. Kept winning, winning. Then they played at Oregon, and they got that win, and all of a sudden it propelled them to elite. So I just want to – you know, throw this off you, uh, you know, at you guys a little bit here because I think we would all say if we we're picking today, and then we're doing this because it's a bye week, I guess, right? They're going to beat Cal and Oregon, in your opinion. And Notre Dame and UCLA may be a little bit more of toss ups, but right, like we would probably favor USC in those games. UCLA for sure, right? yeah. They'll beat UCLA. Yeah, I mean, if I'm picking it now, I think they're going to finish four and one. Yeah, so okay. So, That's my guess. so here's my thing. This is why this Washington game is so big. Mm hmm. What if they beat Washington? Oh, well, Clay Holton for president, then. Well, I, okay, but hold on. Because now, what, what are they finishing on a, a what, six-game, eight-game, seven-game win streak? I don't even know. But a big win streak, they're 9-3, and three, which is a really good record. It'd be an eight-game win streak. Eight-game win streak, 9-3, and three, really good record. What if they go on that streak and somehow they win the South? Okay, and now they're playing Washington again. What if they beat Washington again? I know this is all crazy, and I'm just, but it seems like somehow, some way, there's this little opening for USC to have an incredible year. 
and really just turn things around tremendously. I'm not saying I expect it to happen, but I didn't see this opening before. I didn't even see it before the season, honestly. But you have to acknowledge it's there. It seems to me like if they beat Washington, they set themselves up for, what, a potential Rose Bowl? Maybe like a potential top 10 finish, even if they don't get into the title game? Something really big. Yeah. Yeah. It's one game. It's one game. I'm just saying. I mean, I think you took your happy pills before this show, which you usually don't take. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all possible, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. At this – okay, th- Adam, I'll ask you. Think back to what was it, 2011? Was it 2011? Yeah, the, the good year that you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. After seven games, mm-hmm. if I'd come to you and said, but what if they beat Oregon, who's undefeated, I think, and national mm-hmm. championship contender, and they have to go to Eugene to do it, you would have said – yeah, but what what the heck are you talking about? What if they beat Oregon, right? Isn't that what everybody would have said? And it happened. Yeah, I mean, that year changed for me when they played Stanford really well and they went into overtime and they actually had an opportunity to beat Stanford in regulation. Stanford was yeah. in the top five No, as well. I remember that, Andrew but Luck. that was later. That was later no, in the year too, it, right? It before. Earlier, it was it was before Oregon, but it was yeah. it wasn't Game Seven, right? It was about that time. Okay, yeah, it was in the middle okay. of the year. It was about this time of the year. So that that was the turning point for me, um, even though it was a loss, where I saw that they were a great team because they wouldn't even compete with Stanford, that Stanford team, if they weren't. So, what are you asking? I'm just asking um, at game seven or whatever. Would you, if I had said, well, what if they, you know, beat Oregon on the road? What if USC beats Oregon on the road? Uh, you know, you would have said that's crazy too, right? Just like this year, if you're just saying beating Washington on the road would be crazy. That's why I'm just asking you, you know, do, right? Like with that connection, don't you kind of see it possibly happening? Uh, yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't use the word crazy. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy w- at this point. I wouldn't expect it. I, I don't expect them to beat Washington. I didn't expect them to beat Oregon that year. So I was very surprised when they did. And that's how I would feel in a few weeks if they beat Washington. But the thing that is kind of pulling me toward it being a possibility where I didn't think it was earlier in the year and, you know, just for a while – was uh, is Sam Darnold. I think that when you have a great quarterback, and if you look at what he, his production in the, his four starts, he's among the best quarterbacks in the whole country. I don't think there's a better quarterback in the Pac-12. Now, Jake Browning will, might, might end up with better numbers. I don't care. I don't think he's better. I think Darnold's better than him. I think Darnold's better than Rosen. So... When I think when, when I look, when I view their quarterback as being one of the better quarterbacks in the country, like I thought of Matt Barkley in that year, 2011, I'm kind of waiting for him to to realize it because he wasn't among the nation's best in 09 or in 2010. But in 2011, he was. He nearly went to the Heisman presentation, and so I see Darnold in a comparable light. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And I think with a guy like that, you're in every game. Now, if he has a bad game, then everything goes out the window. They can get blown out by Washington if he has a bad game. But if he has a great game, like he's had every game that he started, all four have been great games. 
if he has a great game, then I think they have a puncher's chance. Yeah, I would agree. What, happen- what happens if USC wins that game, Adam, in your mind? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> Morales made a joke that, you know, Clay would, would win the presidency. Although, I think that game is right after the election. It is, yeah. Unfortunately. Okay. So, <laughs> Sorry, Clay. Uh, right. <laughs> Sorry, Clay. But I think it, it changes the way that we see Helkin more than anything. Because we think that USC should be able to beat Washington in any given year. But we've been expecting USC to get beat down by Washington this is the best Washington team in quite a while. They were a very good program. Most people have forgotten it, but they were better than USC throughout the entire 90s. Yep. And they were among the nation's best for different years you know, in, in their history. So USC obviously has a better, a stronger heritage. So that's why they shouldn't get blown out by Washington at any point. We, we think, right, we think that USC with the right coach won't get blown out by Washington. Even yeah. Pete Carroll in his rookie year got into a dogfight with Washington. And that was the game where, you know, he met with New Heisel after the game and they had a little conversation and New Heisel was like, whoa, like, okay, you guys are turning a corner. And Pete walked away feeling like, okay, we are a good team because they were a top five team and we just nearly knocked them off. And so you can't do that to a top five team. They didn't get lucky. They played good football and they just didn't know how to win yet. That's where they were at. We didn't think that was even possible with Helton, that they could compete with a top five team and, and just lose admirably. So, we're going to learn a lot about Helton in that game. Yeah, and you know, I I really think, man, if they win that game, it change. It just, I know it changes everything. It's obvious, but okay, I'm I'm looking back at this 2011 schedule just because I'm a dork, right? Go USC ahead. going into that Oregon game where Oregon was ranked number four in the country. USC was ranked 18th uh, according to the, their Wikipedia yeah, what, what page. What game was it in the year? Oregon was game 11. Okay. Okay. And USC game 10? Oh, it was, yeah, game, it was, it was oh. game 11 for USC. For you, sorry, I thought you meant for Oregon. And then what was the Stanford one? Oh, the Stanford was uh, eight, game eight. So okay, it would have yeah. been the next game. Right. And yeah. this year. That's kind of what, what I remembered. If you if you withhold that Stanford game, it's kind of a similar year though because USC got blown out at Arizona State, who's worse than Alabama, so it kind of has you feeling the same way about that team. Yeah, yeah it's I'm like just Stanford. I'm trying to make it a it 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 seems like a comparable feeling with the yeah. two teams. You know it's what like I mean? This, this year's Stanford game. Um, just throw away the Alabama game. That game didn't happen yeah. in 2011 with an opener. So okay. yeah, I, I can see it being maybe a little similar. Go ahead. Um, so at Oregon, they're ranked 18th going into that game. And USC could be ranked fringe top 25 coming into Washington. They keep winning, I believe. Yeah. They beat Oregon. Now they're going into UCLA ranked 10th. What? Look at what that, that yeah, win that, just... That was a 50 just, nothing game. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then they, and then they propelled into the top five. But that win made them all of a sudden an elite team instead of a fringe top twenty five. You know, people aren't sure about USC type. So I feel like if if USC manages to beat Washington, all of a sudden they're in contention for a Rose Bowl championship. Like that's that's how quickly things can change in college football, and that's nuts well, to me. This is what would happen. I mean, they're they're already in contention because of the way the conference is aligned. We you talked about it. Yeah. They can win the division, and you could be just okay win the division, and then you just have to win that that conference title game. Now the South hasn't been winning it because the North has had better teams, so that one lucky game hasn't even happened. Like you think back to two years ago when Arizona went, and we knew that they were good but not great, and they beat Oregon that year, but they played in the Pac-12 title game, and they got demolished because that was a great Oregon team, and it, it was not a great Arizona team. So they couldn't just show up and win that game. However, if you win that game, you're going to the Rose Bowl. So I don't like the Rose Bowl as a barometer. Okay. I, I, I would say that if you beat Washington, you're nationally relevant. Right now, USC, they're, they're not really nationally relevant. It, it hurts to say that, but if we're being honest with ourselves, they're not even ranked. Yeah. They're not nationally relevant. That's very true. I, I mean, in the big picture, in the grand scheme, like, sure, of course, like, they're, they're always relevant. They're USC. They're a top three program historically. I can make a case that they're the most accomplished program historically. But right now, 2016, they're not in the national picture. They're not contending for a national title. They're not really close to it. But if you beat Washington, it doesn't, it's not going to put you in the final four, but you become nationally relevant again. Well, and where, you, where they always should be, right? That's that's why we're even having this conversation because we're we're looking at it like, well, can they get back to where they should be? That's I think what you're you're, you're kind of beating around that, that bush. And no, that's that's exactly what I'm saying because okay. if they beat Washington, then they yeah. set themselves up to potentially finish eleven and three with a Rose Bowl and Pac-12 championship, and they would be legitimate Rose Bowl and Pac-12 champions at eleven and three, and that'd be a huge deal. And it also sets them up for next year because their defense is young. Sam Darnold's young. All these guys are coming back. Now, all of a sudden, if they do something like that, this because of this one game at Washington, could they potentially next year all of a sudden be considered a national championship contender where just three games ago we were, you know, talking about how the program should be buried, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nuts. I'm going to drop a gem on you right here. I was talking to Sean Cody today. I mean, not today. Uh, earlier this week. Sorry. I was talking to Sean Cody, and because here we are, probably getting ahead of ourselves, and, and that's what we do, that's what the media does, that's what we get paid for. Um, so I was talking to Sean Cody just a few days ago, and I asked him, at what point in 2001 did you believe that you guys could become a great team? Because... I remember being there. I remember watching it unfold and I didn't see that coming. I was excited. You know, even when they pulled off the win streak at the end of 2001 and they got back to 500 and they were six and five coming out of that UCLA game. I was really excited. I just felt like, Oh, okay. Like they're, they're not terrible. They're going to a bowl game. Cool. 
that's where the program is at. They've been mediocre the previous few years. So just seeing them finishing the year on a high note meant something. But I did not go into 2002 seeing them as a top four team in the country. That, that was not what I was expecting. I don't think most people saw that playing out. I think the hope was maybe they can compete in the Pac-10. You know, and, and who knows, maybe by the end of the year, they actually are competing for the, the, Pac-10, the Pac-10 title. And the Pac-10 at the time, obviously. Good job making your but, historical reference proper. Yeah, but, but they, we weren't thinking Orange Bowl. And that's where they ended up. And then really, the way they were playing, most people feel like not only Orange Bowl, but they could have beaten Ohio State or Miami, who obviously were were deserving to be in that game. Um, USC had two losses, so they weren't weren't even in that conversation. But they were playing so well that they, they looked like they could beat anybody in the country. So I asked Sean, hey, was there a point in 2001 that you saw that? You know, here I am trying to backtrack a year before it really happened because it, it really happened in the middle of 2002. People point at different games. I think of the Oregon game because Oregon looked like they were becoming the the class of the Pac-10. And they went to Eugene and it was a tight game and then they just destroyed them. And that's really where I think that Carson Heisman campaign came off the ground. There wasn't a Heisman campaign. No one mentioned Carson, uh, Carson, Carson for Heisman until after that game. Right. So here I am talking to Sean, as I just said. And in 2001, I'm asking him to go back to that point. And he said, I never thought about that. I never was looking that far ahead and really was never thinking about the big picture. And he tells me, Pete had us looking at week to week. That's really the way that he approached it. That was the rhetoric coming out of his mouth and all the coaches. That's all they thought about. They thought about being great that week. And and so I thought about that as you were talking because you're talking about Washington. You're talking about a Pac-12 title game rematch with Washington and next year. And I get it. I, and, and I would think along those lines as well if they beat Washington. But I think the moral of the story is they need to be great in this bye week. And they need to be great against Cal. See, Chris, that's why you'd make a bad football coach. Oh, I'd make a terrible football coach because I'd be in the dorms getting drunk and high with all the players and, you know, at sorority. For the record, our players events. aren't getting wait, drunk wait, wait, and high, you allegedly. You don't have to be the, the head dorm. coach to be doing that, Chris. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, you don't know what I'm doing down there. But that's well, there's I no do doubt. The to, to, to Adam's uh, story with, with Cody and, and what Pete Carroll's in, we hope Clay Helton isn't looking ahead to Washington. We hope he's got Cal on the board, to Adam's point, bi-week practice on the board. Because uh, that's what's up. Because we don't want to get caught with our pants down. Because if we lose to Cal or Oregon, 
Chris's yeah, twenty minute. Yeah, then it's all irrelevant. Oh, oh, Chris's I'm, twenty minute if, picture if, doesn't really happen anyway. So hey, if they lose those games too, I'm going in the opposite direction. Oh yeah, you'll be I'm, back I'm out. Calling, I'm calling for his head on a stick, and I'm you know Max I'm Brown digging a grave for the back program. Out. Yeah, yeah, Max Brown for president because Donald threw two picks, and yeah, here we go. So yeah. get ready, guys. So, I want to make one other point. That's what I really liked about this Arizona game is that they didn't treat Arizona for the bad team that they were. I think I think they took it seriously. They yes. they played great. Yes, and, and that's refreshing because that's what you're supposed to do, whether the other team is good or not. You take them seriously. You respect your opponent, and you destroy them. And you try to beat them as much as you can. Yep. I, I think with with Colorado, they were trying to. They weren't. They didn't do it. And so that's where I even see progress from the Colorado game to the Arizona one. Even though Colorado's a lot better than Arizona. They weren't able to to play a a complete game versus Colorado and Arizona. They did, and I look at it more as a mentality and less as just the the strength of the opponent. Right. No, when you look at the top tier class, which is our top in, in in class now, which is Alabama, it always will be this season. Alabama started by destroying USC 52-6, and that's what propels a team to have that mindset when what they did last night to Tennessee, a top-10 team, not to say that they couldn't do that anytime because of the talent of Alabama, but that's what constantly having that foot on the throat, we're going to destroy every team, no matter who they are, gives you that mindset to where you can propel yourself to a national championship. That's what college football is now. It is about how big can you win each week? How can you upset and embarrass the other team so that you have that mindset heading into the championship? That's just what it is now. I mean, you have to learn how to be good as well. Well, yeah. You can't you can't play Cal and play a crummy game and lose and then go and you're not going to go win at Washington. No, you're right. You need, to, you need to play well versus Cal. You need to keep learning, keep growing. And so, even the run game, I thought, oh, it was okay in the first half. You know, it's still not where I think it should be. And then they ran for 200 yards in the second half. I realized that 85 came from Dom, but then they still ran for 120 without that play. That's good. That's good. That already would have been their season high for rushing yards without that play. So, I just like that they were competitive in the second half. It should be competitive in every half. But we, we weren't getting that earlier in the year. We weren't getting that in the Steve Sarkeesian area era. They weren't competitive all the time. They would they really let off. So I just like what they're becoming. I don't I don't know what where it will end and I don't wanna just make it like where it's like Washington or bust. I think if they, you know, go four and one, I think it's very good. But I, I just want to see them before I even, you know, go go on that go go down with that line of thinking. I want to see them play a good game versus Cal. I think that's important. Absolutely, and that'll be Thursday, October twenty seventh, leading into Halloween. After the break, after a forty eight fourteen win over Arizona. 
That's coming up. So this week, kids, we will have your podcast question show, your message board show, Q&A, as Adam likes to call it that. Uh, questions, Adam has already called for questions, so we'll be doing that in a few days this week. Obviously, no preview show, but next week we will have a stacked week, probably with another message board show, and then a preview show, a big preview show, leading up to that Thursday night Cal game, 7.30 Pacific time uh, at the Coliseum, again, a Thursday night, October 27th. All right, as we wrap this fun recap show up, boys, anything else left on the docket to talk about this game? No. no, I wanted to get Adam to make a season prediction because I wanted to put him on the hot seat. Oh, God. he ain't okay. gonna go. Eh, Maya doesn't go on the hot seat. Maya doesn't go on the hot seat. I know. He looks at your I, hot I seat and he it. laughs. He laughs at your hot seat. I, I gave it to you. I, could, I think they're gonna go four and one. There you go. You do. But I oh, I boy. feel like even now Chris is writing I, this down right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer the question. You know, I don't have a problem with it, but it still it it doesn't even matter. That I think that because they have they have a bye week right now, and then they have to go play Cal. Then no, they have to play Oregon. But it's a bye week podcast. We have to talk about something. That's all. Let's talk about yeah, buys. I know. I know. That's why I asked. Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't, I don't want people to put all their all their eggs in the Washington basket. I think Chris, you were almost. You know, baiting people into doing that. Oh wow! Chris wow. I, would, I just wanted to bring up that there's a chance they could go eleven and three and become a real deal somehow. Chris, well, he wants the roses. He wants those roses thrown at him. Uh, Chris Watson, America's favorite baiter, by the way. Oh, right, TrojanSports.com. If you're not a subscriber to the premium boards, like some of our friends, why aren't you doing it? Cheaper than a couple cups of Starbucks coffee in your week. And, of course, be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes if that's how you get our podcast. Just uh, hit the subscribe button when you go into the iTunes sort or in the podcast section and searches out TrojanSports.com. Also on Audio Boom, always available. Just go TrojanSports.com, click that little other tab, and boom. There it is, the TrojanSports.com podcast. All right, it was a win, 48-14 in Tucson last night. Our Sunday recap show early in the afternoon because uh, we've got some family stuff to do tonight. So that's what we're going to go do. We're going to go be with our families and talk about how we're going to the Rose Bowl. Get those tickets ready, fine, <laughs> kids. All right, I'm Chris Morales. I Chris B. Swanson, the publisher of Trojan Sports. Adam Maya, the editor and beat reporter. Enjoy it, kids. Enjoy the bye week. Feel good. 48-14 was the win. We'll talk to you in a few days right here at Trojansports.com. All right, be good. Darius Rogers in motion. The handoff to Jones. Right up the middle. Dives into the end zone. And that's a touchdown, USC.